Hello everyone. Join me, a small medium at large, as we explore the world of spirit, energy, tarot, mediumship, psychic abilities, angels, oracles, paranormal activity and basically anything downright spooky. If any, some or all of those things interest you, then you've come to the right place, my friends. I'm Melanie Mahmood, and welcome to the Spirit Level Podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 26 of the Spirit Level Podcast. Well, how are you doing? Well, I hope, and well, isn't everything football, football, football? I wish the boys every happiness and all the best for the final, Isn't it a wonderful feeling when the collective all comes together and feels as one? I wish we could do this and it not just be about sport. Imagine what we could do. Anyway, on with this week's news, we have a new segment to the show. Mr M has his own slot. It's entirely his own work and I think it's awesome. But then again, I am obviously biased. In lieu of an interview every week, because they are really difficult to arrange sometimes, and especially if there's time zones and different time frames involved. So to provide a little bit of difference and a little bit of change, we now have Mr M's Menagerie, and we hope you really enjoy it. Also, I've been contacted recently by one of our lovely listeners from the States. So they were asking if it was possible to book a reading with me, even though she's stateside and I'm in the UK, obviously. And the answer is absolutely. And of course, it does take a little bit of extra arranging due to the various time zones and time differences and everything. But if you are outside of the UK and you would like a reading with me, just drop me an email at thespiritlevel22 at gmail.com and we'll sort something out that will work for both of us because I still have a day job that I have to go to. So I look forward to hearing from you. And coming up in this week's episode in Crystal Corner, our featured crystal is the beautiful, spiritual and calming blue calcite. We will have some more of your listeners' questions. And as I said earlier, we don't have a guest interview this week. So in its place, Mr M takes centre stage with his new item called Mr M's Menagerie. In Household Hocus Pocus, Fennel is on the menu. And in Time for Tarot, we take a look at the Kings. So, here we go. Welcome to this week's Crystal Corner and another new addition to Crystal Corner collection is Blue Calcite and I have to say I love it. I've managed to get hold of some really beautiful Blue Calcite spheres and oh my god they are gorgeous. They look exactly like a cloudless summer day and have that warm joyous but chilled out vibe which accounts for its ability to quieten mental chatter you know when you're totally overthinking stuff it's also a purification stone and cleans energy and sends it back to the sender it's a relaxation stone as well and it soothes frayed nerves thoughts and emotions physical wise it's linked to the throat chakra but its beneficial effects are on general pain recuperation from illness emotional stress but specifically anything skeletal or bone issue wise it assists 
calcium uptakes for bones, so it's great for growing kids and osteoporosis. It's also a great support if you're studying because it assists in clear communication of thought, idea and emotion, particularly if it's anything spiritual because it's also the stone that initiates spiritual growth. It's an absolutely gorgeous gem. And if you want to have a look at some samples of it, we have some on the Crystal Corner store or if you can jump on the Facebook group, The Spirit Level, where I'll be showing some samples that we've got on a little video. If you're not part of the Facebook group, please jump on and join us. So now it's time for some of your questions. What have we got this week, Mr M? Thank you, Mel, and hello again, everyone. I have two listener questions for you this okay. week, Mel. The first is from Simon in London, who asks, I am catching up with previous episodes of the show. Well, thank you very thank much, you very Simon. Much. Yes, thank, thank you. you very much. And I've heard you mention psych- psychometry. Is that right? Psychometry. Psychometry, yeah. Hmm. Can you explain what it is and how you use it? Uh, Thank you, Simon, for your question. Thank you for catching up with the previous episodes. Uh, Psychometry is basically reading objects. So, um, for example, jewellery or photographs are actually very good. Anything, really. But it's the physical holding of of an item and then you've been able to read information from that item through its own aura or anything that's linked to it. So you can pick up emotions, you can pick up situations, you can sometimes get memories links as well through that. It's um, it's one of the basic tools in the toolbox. Um, a very good psychic medium can get a really strong connection because they're holding that energy. So it's easier to link in because you've actually got something that's physically got that energy imprint on it. So you're able to pick that up and then connect with spirit that's also linked to that energy, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Uh, absolutely, Mel. Thank you. And our second question this week comes from Valerie in Bradford, who asks... Friends of mine have told me that having a tarot reading once a month is not a good idea. Mm. Do you agree? Oh, gosh, this is a really difficult one because it depends on the situation. It is often the case where people, especially when they are connecting with loved ones, get quite attached to that situation and that, and because they're so desperate to keep being in touch with their departed uh, or passed over loved one that they can get quite dependent so you have to be very careful because you've got to look after their energy their mental health and yours as well so it would depend on a situation um as to whether i would suggest a tarot reading of one a month if it's a dynamic situation where there's a lot going on and things are changing it may it may be okay, but if it's just a general reading, I would suggest every six months to every year just to get a feeling of a situation. Uh, I wouldn't advocate any more than that, but it would depend on the circumstances, really. Super stuff, Mel. Uh, thank you. And thank you to Simon and Valerie for their questions. If you would like to ask Mel a question or just want to get in touch with us, then here is how to do so. Thank you to everyone who submitted a question. There are a number of ways you can get in touch with us. You can get in touch with us via email and the address is thespiritlevel22 at gmail.com. On Facebook, on the groups, search for The Spirit Level. On Twitter, search for thespiritlevel.co.uk. 
We have a Twitter handle, which is at the spirit level U, which is a capital U. On Instagram, search for me, Melanie Mahmood, or thespiritlevel.co.uk. Or you can click on the SpeakPipe link in the episode notes and send us a voicemail free of charge. In addition, there are a number of resources for you to download and access on our website, totally free of charge, at www.thespiritlevel.co.uk. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you, Mel, and hello, everybody. Welcome to Mr. M's Menagerie. Hello everyone and welcome to the first of what I hope will be a regular feature on the podcast. In choosing the title I looked at the definition of the word menagerie in the dictionary and one of the definitions is a strange or diverse collection of people or things and I think that that definition is spot on for what I'll be talking about in this segment. I'll be looking at some of the mythical people, legends, tall tales and practices mentioned and documented in various cultures from around the world, famous places and actual historical figures that fall into the categories of the strange, bizarre, weird, alien, and just downright spooky. And my aim is to make this as light-hearted, enjoyable, and hopefully informative as possible. So, where do we start? Well, let's kick off the series with Michelle de Notre Dame. Now, how many of you think that I'm going to talk about Quasimodo, the famous hunchback bell-ringing character in the Victor Hugo novel, made more popular in the 1996 Disney film? Well, you would be absolutely wrong. I'm pretty sure that most of you will know Michel, but probably by his Latinized name for which he is known, and that name being Nostradamus, a man famed for his prophecies and foretelling of significant events well into the future from when he was alive. He was born in 1503 in Saint-Rémy, France. He was particularly sought after in his formative years, not initially for his prophetic ways, but as a qualified doctor. However, he always had an interest in the esoteric, alternative healing, astrology, medicine and the occult, and it was in 1555, after the publication of his book Le Prophetise, that he really came to fame. Or, actually fame is probably the wrong word, notoriety I think. Uh, Now this book which consists of a number of four line poems called quatrains and there are 942 to be exact are further grouped into sets of 100 called very unimaginatively I think centuries and it is probably quatrain number 35 in the first century that really brought Nostradamus to the fore. Now by this point in his life he had become very famous and in demand by many of Europe's famous and elite. Catherine de Medici, the wife of King Henri II of France, was one of his greatest admirers and appointed him counsellor and physician in ordinary to King Henri's court in 1556. And it was while serving in this capacity that Nostradamus is purported to have told her of an impending death in the family. Now, there's a bit of latitude with the word impending. I'm sure, like me, if somebody says that to you, you think it's going to happen in the near future. So just bear that in mind. Just remember that it's 1556 when he uttered this to Catherine de' Medici. So, quarter 35, Notre Dame said, The young lion will overcome the older one in a field of combat in single fight. 
he will pierce his eyes in their golden cage two wounds in one then he dies a cruel death now many people at the time and indeed since have looked at this quatrain in detail and cite it as evidence of Nostradamus clearly foretelling the death of King Henry II who died some three years later in 1559 not exactly impending but again there's a great degree of latitude involved and he died as a result of a lance splitting and piercing his visor embedding in his eye and causing further injury to his brain and this was during a jousting contest with a younger opponent so that's spookily accurate i would say the king fighting in a combat in a single fight yes the young line will overcome the older one his opponent was younger than him he did indeed have his eyes pierced through his visor which was golden and he did suffer two wounds one to his eye one to his brain so you can see why Nostradamus gained notoriety now there are many people who will cite further evidence of Nostradamus's ability to foretell and predict the future but of the 942 quatrains published it can also be argued that many are vague and, and open to interpretation and manipulation to fit a particular time or person now take the following two examples make up your own mind in quatrain 52 in century 2 Nostradamus writes the blood of the just will commit a fault at London burnt through lightning of 23s of the six the ancient lady will fall from her high place several of the same sex will be killed now this quatrain is believed by many to foretell the great fire of London which happened on the 2nd of September 1666 those advocating this state that the 23s of the six clearly refer to 66 that being 20 times 3 equals 60 plus your 6 equals 66 yes well I know it's tenuous but but like I said these quatrains are open to any amount of interpretation and manipulation similarly how about this one this is quatrain number 37 in century 6 which says the ancient work will be completed and from the roof evil ruin will fall on the great man they will accuse an innocent being dead of the dead the guilty one is hidden in the misty copse oh, this one's a real humdinger i love this one so advocates of nostradamus state that this quatrain is clearly a foretelling of that dreadful day on november the 22nd 1963 when the then president of the united states john fitzgerald kennedy was assassinated in dallas texas now, those of you who are familiar with the circumstances of this tragic event will no doubt be aware that the official US government line is that the president was killed by a lone gunman. That gunman was called Lee Harvey Oswald, who, they purport, shot him from the upper floor of a building, the Texas Book Depository. Oswald vehemently denied being involved in any way, shape or form, but before he could elaborate further, he in turn was killed by a local nightclub owner and known criminal Jack Ruby. The last line of this quatrain is particularly interesting in which the supposed guilty party was hidden in the copse and by copse we mean a small group of trees and many people years after the assassination and at the time indeed believed that the actual shooter was situated on the infamous Grassy Knoll 
So you can see how this particular quatrain has gained traction over the years. Now there are many, many more quatrains that people have cited as evidence of Nostradamus's gift, which include the foretelling of the rise of Napoleon, the birth and subsequent actions of Adolf Hitler, and the twin atomic drum drops on the Japanese cities of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, to name a few. But there are more recent figures from our not-too-distant past, and indeed present, who people believe are cited in these prophecies. How about this? Who would you say this was? A cruel villain terrorising Mesopotamia. Well, many people believe that's a clear indication of the former Iraqi leader, Saddam Hussein. And if we go back, Mesopotamia uh, covered large parts of what is now Iran and Iraq. And in deference to our listeners in the United States, of which there are many, how about this in relation to the former US President, Donald Trump? This is from a separate quatrain, and this line is The Great Shameless Audacious Baller, and that's baller spelt B-A-W-L-E-R in the context of somebody who communicates in a very loud voice. So that's uh, that line again. The Great Shameless Audacious Baller, he will be elected governor of the army. Now in the US Constitution, the President of the USA is the Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces, and despite what you might think about Mr. Trump, the former US president, he was no shrinking violet. So a shameless, audacious baller? An accurate description? I'll leave that up to you to make your mind up. So whether you believe in Nostradamus or not, it is fair to say that writing many years before many of these so-called prophecies took place either made him a man who possessed an extraordinary gift or his writings were just those of a drug-addled fool rehashing events from the past to project in a future narrative. His book has and continues to provoke debate and discussion. You will be pleased to know, however, that his prediction of the end of the world is slated to occur in the year 3797. So, nothing for us to worry about, dear listeners. Uh, finally, there is one thing that Nostradamus got absolutely correct. On the evening of the 1st of July 1566, he spoke to his secretary and uttered these words, You will not find me alive at sunrise. And sure enough, when his secretary went to wake him the following morning, Nostradamus was found dead on the floor of his bedroom. Now, was this the last documented prophetic utterance? Or was it, as some have argued, more likely that the ravages of gout, arthritis and dropsy that he was suffering from at the time took their toll? I like to think it's the former, actually. It's a, it's a bit more romantic. So that's Nostradamus, folks. His quatrains are available to look at either in book form or online from numerous uh, sources. Please give them a read. You might be surprised at what uh, what's in front of you. Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing about him. And when this segment of the show is next on, I will be talking about one of my favourite things, ancient astronaut theory. So please join me then. For now, thank you for listening. And it's back to Mel for the rest of the show. This week's Household Hocus Pocus. We're back in the kitchen this week with a very versatile fennel. All parts of this celery looking plant have a healing or magical use and that's why it's so great. So whether you like the taste or not, as it's a bit marmite, you either do or you don't. 
The root or bulb is fab to eat roasted, but for me, it's the seeds that are the most useful. Apparently, Roman soldiers used to chew on them before battles as they are said to imbue confidence and courage. So try it if you need a bit of a confidence boost. The seeds are also very good at cleansing and purifying, so can be added to incense blends to achieve this and also to water to mop the floors as this will clean and protect the house as you go along. It even was used to protect against witches. But that's the bad press. We're not all bad, you know. So that's fennel, folks, and particularly fennel seeds. I love them, especially after a really hot, pungent curry with the sugar coating on. It's a real palate cleanser, and it's kind of, that's the point of them magically. So it's all about cleansing and clearing. And that is fennel. This week's Time for Tarot, we're going to be having a look at the kings. Now, as I said before in the introduction to the Minor Arcana, sometimes the cards are not just uh, what's happening or situations or energies that are around a situation, but it can actually indicate players or people who are involved. And the kings is one of them. So, um, as I've said before, uh, we know what the suits are all about now. So, the first one we're going to look at is the King of Wands. Now, the King of Wands is a natural-born leader. He's a visionary, he's an entrepreneur, and he's an honourable person. It often indicates a male of 35-plus years in the situation who would suit being self-employed. They're very easygoing, they're a people person, and works their way to the top. Now, if you've got a sitter who's female then it may relate to them, even though it's talking about male energies. It could be that the cards are indicating, depending on where they are in the spread, that the sitter may need to draw on this kind of energy to get through the situation or something of that ilk. But you will feel that, you'll instinctively feel that. Or it will literally mean there is a male of 35 years plus who is involved in this situation. So that's the positive side of the King of Wands. The negative side is that it can indicate an impulsiveness. So being hasty, being ruthless and having high expectations. The King of Cups, again, we're talking about a male age 35 plus. But this is an emotionally balanced individual this is a controlled individual this is a generous person no issue expressing love and emotions whatsoever in reverse it can mean the exact opposite that they are emotionally manipulative moody and volatile again this can relate to your sitter or it can relate to somebody who's involved in that situation sometimes you can give both sides of it and it may still work but your gut feeling will tell you whether that's the case so the King of Swords. Now, upright, it means an intellectual, clear-thinking, authoritative person. Again, a mature male, 35-plus years. But somebody who is into the truth and is a high achiever can appear ruthless and can appear emotionally cold. But they're not. They're just practical. So it's about cutting away. Swords is all about cutting away to the truth. And in reverse, it can mean somebody who's being manipulative, tyrannical and abusive. The King of Pentacles, 
Again, mature male, 35 plus years, or somebody who's into security, control, is very good with money and resources, disciplined, and is all about abundance. They can be self-employed or a boss. Uh, that's the kind of energy that the King of Pentacles brings with them. In reverse, it means that they are authoritative, domineering, controlling and bullish. So when I say reverse, and I've said this already with uh, a couple of the cards, it means that the card has come out upside down. Now, some readers read reverse, some readers don't. Um, I I will go with the vibe of that particular reading. If it's come out reverse it's come out for a reason in my opinion so i always give both sides so they're the kings join us next week for the queens Well, that's it for this week folks coming up in the show next week we have blue lace a gate is a feature crystal in crystal corner there is some more of your listeners' questions in Household Hocus Pocus. Fenugreek is on the menu. And in Time for Tarot, the Queens are our featured card. So it's a big thank you to Buzzsprout for hosting us. Our thanks to the folks at Orphonics and Audacity for their technical help. Massive thank you to my beloved husband and producer, Mr M, for his help and support and for stepping in with Mr M's Menagerie. We really hope you enjoyed it. Massive thank you to you, our listeners, wherever you may be, for your continued support and your lovely messages. Please subscribe and review our podcast. Honestly, your feedback will help us improve the show massively. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox or via your usual podcast provider. Please visit the website www.thespiritlevel.co.uk where you can book a personal reading with me wherever you are in the world. Enroll on one of the courses Browse the online store for the crystals that we talk about. Crystal packs, power bracelets, aromatherapy and scented candles, or just to get in touch. We always love to hear from you. And don't forget, you can also send us a voicemail by clicking on the SpeakPipe link on the episode notes or via the podcast page on the website. It's free of charge, no download required. So until next time, folks, look after each other and love and light to you all. <laughs>